Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinza. All right, if you guys are ready to rock and roll, then we're definitely ready to rock and roll because this is the Decibel Geek Podcast. I'm Aaron Camaro. Right there with me, as always, is Chris Sinzak. How's it going, my man? Great. How are you? I'm fantastic. Are you ready to rock and roll? I think so. I know so. I know you. This is what I know about Chris Sinzak. There's many different facets to your personality, but one thing that's always consistent, Mm -hmm. you are ready to rock and roll. Most of the time, because the rest of my week usually sucks. So, yeah, I'm absolutely ready to rock and roll. This is the time. This is the window. It is. Why why do this every week? Exactly. Fantastic, man. We're ready to rock some socks today. We're going back to something we haven't done in a long time. You know, we got suggested, you know, maybe look back into some of those things that you explored in your younger days. Do you remember our younger days? days? Of uh, February of 2015, which is the last time (laughs) we did this. Was it that? Yeah. So this is still kind of new, but not it, really. It's a concept. Over, it's almost two years ago. It's a concept. Yeah. And it was one that was warmly received the first yeah, time you, we did it, and that was demolicious. Yep. Had a lot of great feedback for that um, back when we did it last year. So if you don't want to hear this, it's your fault because you guys liked it the first time. Well, then you should enjoy this greatly because today, as hard as it is to top the first one, because even in retrospect for ourselves, looking back on that first demolicious. That was a damn good show. Well, we picked all the low-hanging fruit on that one. Yeah, we did. <laughs> you know, so but this one was a little tougher because we we took all the really great picks for the first one because yeah. we always thought maybe we revisit this, but maybe not. So, well, and but then the response was good, so we said someday we will. Yeah, and that day is today. And we strive to try to pick some stuff we didn't pick some artists we didn't pick the last time. Right, so absolutely. You can get a little bit of variety into you. But I'll put the link for the last demolicious in here um in the episode show notes for this because it. there's a lot of new listeners that haven't heard right. the first one. Yeah, we're proud of that one. You should go back and check it and out. And basically, it's if it doesn't seem painfully obvious already, we're going to spend demo and unreleased songs from bands that you love and, right and bands it's that you love bands that we love so bands yeah, that are kick-ass we did the youtube wormhole for you so we're yeah. giving you the best stuff and you know i know not all there's, of hey there's some crazy bootlegs in the decibel geek cd library there absolutely too. are oh yeah but um there's a they're not all demos some of these are finished tracks that were just unreleased or wound up on like compilations and stuff later but i didn't really want to call it Unrelicious. It doesn't. It's got to be demolicious. Sounds better. Demolicious was a big tagline underneath. 
yeah. and also includes songs that were completely finished but not released at the time of their recording. Like, that's exactly, yeah. So we'll just call it Demolicious Part 2. Part 2, Volume Sounds two. good to me. Yeah. So I guess before we get into the rock and roll, we got some really cool stuff for you guys to hear today. Stuff that I'm guessing a good majority have probably never heard before. And as a matter of fact, at the end of this show, oh yeah, you're going to hear something that nobody has no one's heard. ever heard before. So from stay a, tuned for that. From a band that did really well, too. Right. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Stick around for that. A lot of cool stuff leading up to it. But like I said, before we get into it, we got to take care of our business. And the number one most important thing that I love to do before we ever start out in the rock and roll on the Decibel Geek podcast. Drink a beer? Well, or two or three or oh, okay. six in this case. We're having fun today. It's Demolicious. Laid back. Football was on earlier. Oh, yeah. Both of our teams won. Yeah. Sweet. Here's something else that makes us feel like winners. It's iTunes reviews, especially when they're five stars. This one comes to us from Plebe, from right here in the USA, and it's entitled The Math Checks Out. Dig this. If you thought math in an audio podcast form sounds boring, check this podcast out. Mm. The Decimal Geeks turn math into a radio play with numbers. You are so absorbed in the comedy and soundscape that you subliminally learn all kinds of neat math tricks. Example, to quickly multiply by 5, divide the number in 2, and then multiply it by 10. Yeah. The hosts, Chris Synthmath and Aaron Cosine Major, I have no idea what any of that means, (laughs) make math really fun and almost cool. All my friends at the University of Wisconsin-Madison listen to the show. It's great for students at any level. And give the show a try, even if you don't think you like math. As they say at the end of each show, the hypotenuse has a square on, which is equal Pythagoras instructed to the sum of the squares on the other two sides if the triangle is cleverly constructed. Do we say that at the end of our show? I didn't think we did. Maybe there's some alternate universe that's going on and we're hosting a math podcast. Welcome to the Decimal Geek Podcast. But it's certainly not in this reality because you um, totally botched Pythagoras. I did? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a mathematician. Uh, A math... Okay. That is one thing I am not. Yeah. Um, so, Plebe, you're hanging out in some alternate dimension. Thanks for uh, crossing over and giving us that review. Thanks for confusing the hell out of all of our future listeners. We're really smart on the other side, apparently. That's awesome. Well, I'll give that the award for most creative review goes to that. That is messed up right there. But it's five stars, and we'll take we'll it. We'll definitely take we it. We love it. Thank you for leaving us your five-star iTunes reviews. Yes. Everybody's Keep got the opportunity to do that, and we've got a bunch here lately, and we're always looking for more, Please. you know? Because when we get to the end and we run out, we will cry about it. You, oh, yeah. You know us. We will. You know Aaron. One thing we'll never cry about is the people that support us by getting out and sharing every single week. Every episode we come out with, we got people out there on Twitter, we got people on Facebook. They're retweeting, they're sharing, they're spreading the word of the Decibel Geek Podcast. They're out there flying the flag of rock and roll, and we love them for it. Those are our people. They're our Geeks of the Week. That's right. If you want to be Geek of the Week, just share on Facebook, retweet on Twitter this week's episode, and I'll mention your name next week. Had a lot of good response to last week's Metallica episode, man. That was freaking fun, man. Thanks to Josh Toomey from Talk To Me Podcast for coming on. That dude, how cool is he? 
Great guy, and uh, definitely got to find a way to make my way up to Louisville sometime to to hang out with so him. So we can appear on his show. Yeah, absolutely. He owes us one now. Absolutely. We got to go on his show. So road trip time. Sounds good to me. So Geeks of the Week this week are Thor Bjorn Olsen, Brad Calmonson, Mike Stewart, Kenneth Roy, Ian Wiley from Rock and Metal Combat, Matt Ashcraft, Sean Cullen, Anthony Britt, Al Skogan, Kevin Williams, Thomas Mukaji, Darren Parkin, Paul Stom, Todd Cunningham, Joey Vancheri, Joe, Joe Mama's Wrestling Podcast, Paul Watson, Shane Abair, Brant Cattell, Trevor McDougal, Alex Ferenc, Ch- Dan Chaput, Greg McGlone, Brent Tebetz, Podcast Rock City, The Riff of the Day, Gino Ames, Otto Erling Gregerson, Joe Royland, Sit and Spin with Joe, Aaron Baker, Joe Lescon, Adam Cox, Mikhail Burrell, Wayne Cross, Andrew Jacobs, Warren Money, David Glenn, Brian Knapp, Derek Novak, Jeff Mendenhall, James McElhenney, Music Wax, Mags and Wax, Darren Hellowell, Betty Sh- Betty Schmidt or Bet Schmidt, Cameron Guidi, Ernesto Aguiar, and the TJE Podcast. Heck yeah, we love every single person that gets out there and helps us spread the word of rock and roll. I mean, that's what it's all about here. This is just a big party. It's just me and Chris. We're having a good time. We want to invite everybody that we can that loves and supports this kind of music and help us love and support this kind of music. Mm-hmm. And if you're here listening to it with us, then you're our kind of people. If you're out there sharing, retweeting it, we love you. We thank you for it. You are honorary geeks of the week. Congratulations. Tell everyone you know. They better treat you sweet, because you deserve it. That's right. Heck yeah. You ready to get into the demos and unreleased songs, all kinds of cool stuff maybe no one's ever heard before? Yeah, and you know, some of these we got oodles of information on, and some of them I have barely anything on, So because they're demos, you know, it's hit and miss on what you can find online. Right. So um, my first one, I want to do a demo by the Scorpions, and... I'll tell you one thing. I could have done every single one of my picks as an unreleased Scorpion song because um, back in, I think it was in 2015, they they redid their entire catalog and did deluxe editions for all of their records. Right on. And they included unreleased songs for like every album. So Don't you wish all our favorite bands would do I that? I do. I mean, it'd be cool to have... That stuff is what fans want, you know? Right. And it's like, you'd think it would be easy money. You know, just make the art a little cleaner, add a couple tracks, right. remaster it, and yep. throw it out there. Make some money. Do it. We'll um, buy it. We will buy that I would. shit. And um, so I could have picked a bunch of Scorpion songs because there's a lot of good ones out there, but I picked one that they recorded for 1982's classic Blackout album, which that's a legendary record. Um, this wouldn't see official release till last year on the 50th anniversary deluxe. It seems like the Scorpions have been around for 50 years. They've been kicking ass for 50 that's years. That's wild. So uh, this is Scorpions from 1982 with a song called Running for the Plane.
Nice. You know, that's got to be a hard problem to have, right? Like, our album is yeah, so good, too good that we don't have room for this extra awesome song. Yeah, I love that song. It's got a little bit of a funky sound to it. It does, that, too, man. I like kind that. Kind of an old Aerosmith sound. It's very cool, but I like the idea that Blackout was so good that you yeah. just there's not one song that you could take and say, well, let's pull pull that song off and put this one in. Right. You know, It must have been a real difficult situation at the end I would think to so. say, let's put this together, but you've only got this many, mm-hmm. this much room. Yeah. And some some songs are gonna have to be let off. Yeah, and I and I Fuck, will. Man, uh, these songs are also good, right? They're also good. I'm trying to do it with uh, Klaus's yeah. voice, but now um, if you have Hulu, you for free you can watch um, the Scorpions Forever in a Day documentary oh, right that they on. put out last year, and it uh, goes through the it goes through their well it was their farewell tour at the time. Um, but it also shows a lot of their history, and Michael Shanker's also in, inter- interviewed for it. Oh, and, right on. Um, it goes through their whole history. A lot of really cool, like, old, you know, home movie footage of the band. And then, of course, as the tour goes on, you see them going, do we really want to retire? You know, because they're selling right. out places yeah, left and right. We talked about that, like, a couple of years ago when Scorpions announced yeah. that that this was, was going to be Was it. this really it or not? And then yeah. they got out there on the road, and that was the story. Like, everywhere we went, you know, it was so much fun. And everyone was like, please, don't, don't retire. retire. You know, keep coming out with music. We'll still buy it. You know, please mm-hmm. don't retire. Yeah. And I can understand that. You know, it's there's been a lot of other bands that have oh, gone yeah. out and said they were going to do it and didn't retire when they said they were going to. Oh, well, yeah, we know about that. <clears throat> Ace Frehley Farewell Tour. But it's in regards to the Scorpions, if you have never seen them live, they, it's, it's they are legit. awesome. And totally. uh, they're, they're in the top five concerts I ever saw. And they were an opening act to Motley Crue in 1998. And I remember the story. They blew, they them, blew them right away. the fuck off the stage. Right it on. was not even a, it was no contest. They are masters. They were an amazing live band. Yeah. And they, they rarely, rarely over the years, talk about 50 years, uh-huh. rarely have ever let the fans down. No, I mean, they're great. Even when they're ready to retire and the fans say no at yep. any time. But yeah, so that that's a good tune. But uh, yeah, if you uh, pick up those deluxe editions through our Amazon link at decibelgeek.com, yeah. um, you'll get a lot of really cool unreleased stuff that's you know in really good quality like that song. That's very cool, man. I'm definitely going to check that out. You ready for mine? Yeah. All right. Here's the one I got to kick this off with. You know, Blackie Lawless, he's got a very unique and interesting story on his rise to rock and roll stardom. He was raised in New York, and Blackie got his first guitar at age nine and would be a part of many different struggling bands during his teenage years. The Underside, Black Rabbit, and Orfax Rainbow. Interesting names. <laughs> or Facts Rainbow. That's got to be real. It's too crazy not to be. By the age of 18, now known as Blackie Guzman. Guzman? Which I don't, that I don't understand. I thought his because, parents were named Mr. and Mrs. Lawless. But his name isn't <laughs> Guzman either. It's not Lawless. It's See, not, it's not Guzman, Mexican. <laughs> but I don't understand the picking of the name Blackie. What is Blackie. his real name? I don't even know his real name. I couldn't tell you right offhand, but I know it's not Guzman, yeah. and I know it's not Lawless. All right. But I don't understand why it would ever be Guzman. <laughs> he gets his big break when he replaces Johnny Thunders in the New York Dolls. But unfortunately, the Dolls were on a major decline yeah. by the time he joins them. Without Winters and Jerry Nolan, they'd kind of become a shell of their former selves. But they carried on until Arthur Kane was finally forced out of the band. So he hooks up with Blackie. They relocate to Los Angeles, California with about 160 bucks between them. They try to form a band known as Killer Kane. Mm-hmm. They record some music, but when the band never really takes off, Kane's going to head back to New York and kind of leave Blackie in L.A. He forms a bunch of bands like Sister, Circus Circus, London, and, of course, Wasp. 
Here's a sweet demo for you that dates back to the Killer Kane days in the mid-70s. It may not sound a lot like Wasp. It may not sound a lot like the New York Dolls, but it's all good stuff. It's undeniably Blackie Lawless, and he's looking for a long-haired woman.
like I said, a little less dolls, a little more kind of Malton, I think. Yeah, Malton or uh, George Thurgood and the Destroyers type Maybe, stuff. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely, you know, old school bluesy rock. Yeah, and, most definitely. 70s sounded for sure. But that Blackie Lawless voice cuts right through. You yeah, know, you can tell that's the guy that was Unmistakably Blackie Lawless. Man, that whole, that whole era with uh, Arthur Killer Kane, um, and it's just a footnote, if there's a documentary called New York Doll about him that yeah. was about the end of his life and and Killer Kane's just barely mentioned in it and I that was always that's something I'd like to delve into more is like learning the history of of that yeah because the guy was out to lunch let's just say you know big time at his that all the guys in the dolls at that point in time were a mess right. so so Blackie was kind of basically he was joining in on a disaster Right, he wrote it out, but it got yeah, him. It got, got him out to LA. Him, he got him enough notoriety, and it got him out to LA, yeah. and he took it from there himself. Yep, he and did. He did it was a pretty damn good for, for himself. Him. The song "Last Runaway" on the stellar, most recent yes. Wasp album, Golgotha, tells the tale of Blackie and his adventures in Los Angeles after Killer Kane kind of abandons him and returns to New York City. And of course, you can get the whole Wasp story from Blackie himself at wasp uh, waspnation.com. And Blackie really does. He goes through like deep history oh, stuff really? with Wasp. You can go on WaspNation.com, check it out, find out when they're playing near you because they're all doing festivals and stuff right now. Maybe uh, the last album was damn good. A Wasp discography discussion should uh, should happen. That's what we need. We need a Wasp expert to come on the show with us because I would love to do that because I can tell you from a personal point of view, mm-hmm. when I was a young kid. I had Wasp LPs. I freaking love that band. Yeah. Love Wasp, even still to this day. Let's send uh, Blackie an interview request. Let's do it. You're in charge of that, man. Oh, I know. Don't it's tell me. me. Tell yourself. Send Blackie an interview I'll request. I'll get my assistant right on that. He'll tell us, just go to WaspNation.com yeah, just read it and, there. and read it out loud. Yeah. That's that's your whole episode. There you go. Good luck, guys. Yeah, leave me alone with your fucking podcast. <laughs> all right. Um, all oh, right. no, a podcast. Oh, no. Uh, all right, so for my next pick... Uh, want to pick something by skid row that was recorded from what i gather this is a thing where the internet can be kind of flaky so who knows from what i gather this was recorded during a live during a rehearsal for the first album when they were right after they got sebastian in the band yeah and um this song there's no i can't find writing credits for this or anything um but in my opinion it has a bit of a bon jovi early bon jovi sound so as everyone knows, John Bon Jovi and Doc McGee bankrolled this band to start out yeah, with. Yeah, for sure. So I would not be surprised if somehow this song has connections to Bon Jovi. Because isn't that the story? They he, Snake Sabo and John Bon Jovi played in were, a band. They were together in a band. They were good friends. Yep. And then you know once Bon Jovi made it big, they always agreed. They promised each other. Right, right, yeah, they would yeah, help that's each other the story. Out. Whoever makes it will help the other band and, out. And he came through with it. And they're like, we're, I'm, I really want to help you out. But you need some kind of crazy, insane Canadian young guy singing <laughs> yeah. for you. And if you had that, I'd totally do it. Right. And they said, well, here's Sebastian Bach. That's right. Like, Come on up. This is Skid Row doing a song called Edge of the Night.
pretty cool song. Very um, cool. You know, it it I, doesn't have the sound quality we're used to uh, Michael Wagner delivering for no. us. No. And like Most I said, I think not. from what I read online, this was just basically a live recording during a rehearsal. So That's pretty cool, though. Back when they a band would sit songs. down in the studio together and just record it live. Yeah. There's something special about that. And it's interesting to hear Sebastian because he sounds like a kid on this. You I know. know. Young like Sebastian Bach. Young. Holy shit. So they were just breaking him in at the time. And um, But yeah, I'd... It'd be interesting to find out the origin of that song and, uh, I don't know, maybe talk to a member of Skid Row about uh, where that song came from. Who knows? Maybe yeah. that could happen sometime in the future on the show. In the future. Very. Are in you, the year 2000. No. It's like hanging out with Rockstadamus over here. <laughs> it's very cool. I hope your, your premonition. We'll see if he's accurate or not. I hope your premonition comes true. Well, I hope so, too. That'd be I awesome. Did, I only wear this cloak when I make those predictions. So. <laughs> Let's hope I'm right. Otherwise, I look, look ridiculous. All right. Well, while you're going through a wardrobe change, yeah. I'll go ahead and with my next pick Please here. Please do. Now, we've well established over the years here at the Decibel Geek Podcast that we are big fans and supporters of John Karabi. When we spoke to him at length for our Albums Unleashed episode spotlighting the 1994 Motley Crue album, we quickly learned that a major percentage of our friends and listeners are also members of the John Karabi Appreciation Society. Oh, yeah. Most people know him from his work with Motley Crue, many fans from his work with Union, The Dead Daisies, The Scream, Mm -hmm. and his solo work. But what about Angora? Yeah, Angora. Angora started out in Pennsylvania, but moved it on out to the Sunset Strip in the mid-'80s. They caught the attention of record company mogul Gene Simmons. Oh, boy. (laughs) Mogul. That's really stretching things. Check this out. You know... If you guys change your name to 8-Ball, you could be bigger than House of Lords and Easy O. <laughs> Did he want them to change their name to 8-Ball? Four guys, 8-Balls. Are you serious? I'm serious. Here's something uh. you're really, really going to like. From the Angora demo, that never really became nothing, but man, what a great collection of songs this is. Courtesy of Gene Simmons, it's John Carabian crew. Like I said, it's Angora. This is a tune called Hey Operator. Give me a line.
Gotta love that eight ball. That's yeah, yeah. Gene Simmons wanting to change the names of bands. Oh Jesus Christ! He's like the Vince McMahon of rock and roll. If you want a band name that you definitely should reject, just ask Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons, yeah. And of course, Angora would never really make it, but John Crabbe's definitely gone on to create a shit ton of great music, including the latest Dead Daisies album released last month, "Make Some Noise," and. uh Hopefully he can break off some time to get back here to Music City and spend more time in the studio with McMars and Michael Wagner. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be nice. great. Yeah, I'm excited We'd about that. We'd love to record. hear that. But that Angora stuff, man, that's my first time hearing it. I've it's heard really good. I've heard of Angora, and I knew that was the band that kind of took him out to L.A. to make it. Right. But I never really listened to any of their stuff, so I was pretty impressed with that. I would recommend checking out the rest of it, and it's out there on bootlegs, and of course, everything's on YouTube nowadays. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. My next pick alone is uh, from YouTube, and talk about a muddied history with what I tried to figure out about this song. Jesus Christ. And Michael Wagner plays into this one, too. All right on. Um, you know we're doing good when we can mention Michael Wagner a couple of times during one episode. Yeah, we were doing we our jobs. Well, my next pick is by Ozzy Osbourne, and um, there's a lot of demos for different albums on him. Um, but I looked into this, I found this stuff on YouTube called the Osmosis Sessions, and I was like, well, you know, Michael Wagner was involved early on in that record, and yeah. then of course, as we've talked about on the show, they went back and told him to change it and sound like Soundgarden, and Michael Wagner says, "I will not." Yeah, and then Michael. Beanhorn, I think the guy's name is, who came in and finished it and made it sound like Soundgarden. So sad. Um, so proud of Michael Wagner for being like, hell to the no. That's right. Doing that. So I found these Osmosis Sessions is leaked in quotes on YouTube, and it's, there's a limited vinyl album called that that's virtually impossible to actually find, but oh, wow. it, but they somebody put the songs on YouTube. It's probably on Amazon somewhere, well, through, through our link, of course. On the YouTube link I found, I, I looked in the comments, and somebody said that it was from a 1992 tracking session in London for this record. Hmm. And I asked Michael, I just I was like, well, what better way to find out than to send oh, this so you, guy so you the just message? Called, yeah, you just got a hold of Michael and straight up asked him. Yeah, I said, awesome. I said, what is this? What is this song from? Do you remember? I said, I read online it's from a London 1992 session. And uh, he said, I'm not aware of any London tracking sessions. I recorded and mixed seven songs for Osmosis. They were tracked at the old A&M studio in L.A., and some of them got redone later. But I don't know the exact circumstances. The title, Too Far Gone, which is the song I'm going to play, sounds familiar, but I don't remember if it was part of our original sessions in L.A. The titles got changed a lot. That's um, awesome to be able to reach out to our resources like that and yeah. get the straight facts. But so he didn't really remember, but right. um I did some more reading and like went into some Aussie fan message boards and stuff. Oh, right on. And you tell me if you ever heard this because this was news to me and if and if it was going to happen it would have been cool. The name Osmosis in the 90s before the album got made, what it was is it was not going to be an album title, it was going to be a band name. And Ozzy was oh, going wow. to form a band like he was initially wanting to do with Blizzard of Oz. Okay. Which, because Blizzard of Oz was supposed to be a band name initially. So instead of being Ozzy Osbourne, it would be, be like, I'm not, yeah, this is a new band. Called Osmosis. With Ozzy Osbourne as lead singer. Yes. But who's all in it? Steve Vai was involved, and uh, his drummer at the time, Mike Borden, who was also in Faith No More, was involved. Right, yeah. But that also went through a number of members too. Like it, it got it was a real jumbled mess, and he was trying to put but, a band together, and then Sharon apparently disbanded the whole thing and was like, "No, you're not going to do a band. You're going to no, do a record." No, just get back over here with Zach Wild and produce a kick-ass album. But so this 
this is not a Steve Vai song, I don't believe, but it's uh, this may have been from that era hmm. when they were like doing a song a, entitled, like intended planted, for the yeah. band. Okay. So after all that mess, this is Ozzy with a song called "Too Far Gone."
it as we take a quick break from our adventure into the demolicious. The, yes. the songs, like, I'm, I'm sure some of you out there today are like, I've never, ever heard that before. I hope so. Because I know I'm experiencing that with some of your picks. You're mm-hmm. experiencing that with some of my picks, and this is all a lot of fun. Before we get back into it, because we got a bunch more really cool ones coming your way that odds are you've probably never heard before. Before we get back into that, I want to let you know, as we always do, about our good friend Daryl Alber over at HK Collectibles, Inc., He's got all kinds of cool stuff available over there, and you got to check it out. It's simple to get to it. You just go to decibelgeek.com. You'll find his link right there at the top of the page. It says HK Collectibles, Inc. You click on that. He's got so much retro stuff that is perfect for just whatever you could possibly need for a man cave. Mm-hmm. Talk about, like, vintage print ads including some that advertise cars from the 60s, talk about cool rock and roll stuff, ticket stubs, Mm -hmm. you know, special event tickets, things that you just aren't going to find everywhere you go. We've talked about HK Collectibles for a long time. We talk about them almost every single week. We encourage people to go there and check it out because, one, Daryl Elber is a cool dude. He's got great stuff over there in his store. And we want you to check it out. If you want to, you should do it. Like I said, head on over to decibelgeek.com. Click on that HK Collectibles Inc. banner and do your shopping with Daryl Albert. Tell him we sent you. And let us know what you bought because it's cool stuff. Another thing we like to tell you about is our Amazon banner. If you're at decibelgeek.com, maybe because you're checking out a kick-ass album review Mm -hmm. or a book review or a retro review or a concert review because guess what we've got people all over the world going to the concerts that we can't all make it to a lot of festival coverage i wish you and i along with everybody else listening to this show had the ability to go to every single one of these events but sadly we don't we just have to hit the powerball and then we can just all do it just all travel quit around our jobs and just go to concerts grateful together. dead style yeah except for way better music music, yeah Yeah. (laughs) i would totally be down for that but in the meantime if i need to know what's going on in minneapolis if i need to know what's going on in sweden if i need to know what's going on in oklahoma if i need or colorado or wisconsin or all these places where great shows are happening decibelgeek.com has got us all covered because you're going to be able to find out about your favorite bands. You're going to find out about shows. Did you see Metal Mike's pictures of Ace Fraley? That's some beautiful photo. Dude, he is become... I've wa- It's funny that we've watched people come on board with us that maybe didn't have rock and roll credentials. They only had passion. Right. Right? And they come on with us. And like years ago, some of these writers have mm-hmm. come on with us. And to watch them develop into what they've become. Look at those pictures from Metal Mike at the Ace Frehley show. Pro fucking professional. Yep. I'm telling you, if you looked at the professionals, you wouldn't know. Well, this is just a dude that loves Decibel Geek Podcast. No, he's gotten really damn good. He really has. Read some of the articles by Baco. Check out some of the adventures with Loose Cannon. Meister. You know, the Meister. Wally's out there doing stuff. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't even... Those well, are, we, hell, we had a team at a golf tournament that right, the Killer Dwarfs yeah. put on. We're uh, everywhere. We, they're terrible at golf, but they're great at drinking, and they're also fantastic journalists. You just drink enough to where you think you're good. That's all you That's have to all do. that matters. That's what wins you trophies at the, at the Killer Dwarfs on golf. You drink enough, you'll think you're getting a trophy. 
You'll really be holding a mop, but you'll swear it's a trophy. It doesn't matter. The only thing you need to feel like a winner is the fact that you got to drink and play golf with the killer dwarfs. I'm jealous. I wish I could have done it. Me too. I'm, I'm going to see if I can fly up to Canada next year and next do it. Next year, they need an extra desk yeah. team. Some of I us, even have my own clubs. Let's let's figure out how some <laughs> of us can get together and form an extra decibel geek team to go up there and compete with our current writers I would love to. and the killer dwarfs and let us know if you can hitch us up there because we'll be glad to go with That'd you. That'd be fun. We're terrible golfers. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know t- about I've, you. I have clubs, but I haven't played in forever. <laughs> I don't even have clubs. <laughs> But I'd sure give it a shot. That would be fun. Most definitely. So, like I said, you're already at decibelgeek.com. You're already enjoying all the pleasures that a website can give. What website gives you more pleasure than Decibel Geek Podcast website? Well, the one that isn't triple X. Not even those. Yeah. Even ever since, I used to be a real purveyor of porn. But then decibelgeek.com became a thing, and I was like... I don't have time to visit porn sites anymore. I just want to read these articles. Some of those ace, cured some, me. Some of those ace pictures made it move. Huh? <laughs> Something moved. It's out there. <laughs> ah, well played. While you're at our website enjoying all the rock and roll there is to enjoy, then you can take a moment to click on our Amazon banner because let's face it, everybody shops on Amazon nowadays because if you want something special, like a weird wasp bootleg or something like Killer that, Kane. Killer Kane bootleg demo That's so cool. EP, where are you going to find that? Certainly not at Walmart. No. You're not going to find it at Sears. There aren't even any JCPenney's anymore. Is there a Sears? I don't know. The only place to get it is Amazon.com. And so if you're doing your shopping through Amazon.com, then the best way, let's face it, the only way to do it is to go to decibelgeek.com first because we got a banner. You click on it, it takes you to Amazon. You do all your shopping just like you normally would. You don't have to just buy cool rock and roll mm, demos not at all. or unreleased albums or even released albums. Anything you want. We encourage all that, that you do. You please. support the bands support and the, the bands, artists please. that we showcase on our shows. We, we really, that's very, very important to us. And then when we read the list, Oh, yeah, you don't know about the list? We get a list every single week that tells us what was bought through our link. When we read that list, it means a lot to us to know that we are doing our part to further rock and roll and that people are going through our link to purchase their rock and roll. And so, therefore, we're supporting these bands and artists. And that's really, at the end of the day, what this show is all about, supporting the bands and artists that we love and respect. And we showcase them all the time. You guys go out there, you buy their product, they keep going. It's a beautiful thing. Speaking of the list. Yeah, we got the uh, list of notable purchases over the last week or so on Amazon, and some of the more notable ones include a Walmart bottle opener. We need something like that here in the studio. Yes, because, because I'm always saying, where the fuck it. is the bottle opener? And I always say, it's a Kiss Magnet it is. bottle opener. It's stuck up to the Kiss lunchbox. lunchbox. Yeah. What's so hard about that? Well, I don't think. Um, <laughs> also, some pink party, pink birthday party banner and pink sparkle balloons were bought. So when you need to have the Vinnie Vincent-themed birthday party... He did have a birthday a month ago, so... Amazon's got it. He may have, may have used our link. Um, an Acer 27-inch full HD widescreen display. A, like like Acer Fury, right? That's right. Awesome. Planar 24-inch widescreen display. Nice. A Samsung Galaxy Wi-Fi tablet was bought. Oh, wow. Some nice people. A pleasant hearth cast iron grate and a fireplace tray was bought. See, and that just goes to show right there, your purchases do not have to be rock and roll. No. It can be anything. Although Gene Simmons could come over and bring you a log. To put in your fireplace. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I made it rock and roll. 
Uh, Very cool. Kindle, Thank you, guys. Some Kindle eBooks are bought. Blood Moon Rising, Blood and Roses, The Angel Act One, and The Asset Act Two. I don't know okay. what any of that is, but thank you for buying it through totally. our link. Um, on DVD, Kiss Rocks Vegas Blu-ray and Kiss Rocks Vegas DVD was bought. That's very cool. And A Year and a Half in the Life of Metallica, Parts 1 and 2 was See, bought. See, we're doing our jobs, yep. man. We're talking about the Metallica. People are going through our link to buy the Metallica. You Metallica will, continues on. You will, You're welcome. You will not regret that purchase, trust me. That's a great documentary. Hell yeah. Uh, and music, The Jelly Jam Prophet was bought. That's Ty Tabor, Rod Morgenstein of King's of uh, Winger. Ty Tabor of King's X and uh, John Young of Dream Theater. I've heard good things about those Some projects. Amazing players. Uh, Blue Murder, self-titled. You can't go wrong That's with that. That's awesome. I got that. Sabaton, The Last Stand. I've been hearing a lot about Sabaton lately. Uh, checking in them more. The Holy Grail, Times of Pride and Peril was bought. Right on. Metallica and Justice for All was See, purchased. doing our jobs again. Uh, Dio, Last in Line and Lock Up the Walls was purchased. Congratulations to you, sir or ma'am. Yes. Uh, Rival Sons, their new album, Hollow Bones, was bought. I still have to buy that one. All right on, man. I didn't even know they had a new one out. Uh, I got to go to decibelgeek.com to keep up on this that's shit. That's right. Wilco Schmilco was bought. Um, we've been in, if you're a hipster and you're listening to our show, my hat's off to you. I don't know why, but our hat's off to you. Hey, that's the beautiful thing. You can get other people to use the Decibel Please Geek do. link. They don't even have to love hard rock and nope. classic metal. They can just use the link and... You still they, support the show. They could be buying weird-ass music and supporting us, and they don't even have to know. Well, you don't all have the, to tell them. I'm not mentioning all the Barry Manilow albums that got bought. <laughs> I just did. There is been a Yes album bought in a while. Not I guess, in a while. What happened? I guess Ian Wadley's collection is complete. It's complete now. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually Kevin Williams from The Swear. Um, okay. But we won't tell anybody. Oh, oh too wait. late for that. Um, Crick, you know, he's told me, he's like, you guys need to listen to them more. Um, Kiss Rocks Vegas on two LP DVD combo. So oh, nice. We're really helping Kiss out a lot the last so couple weeks. So you can weeks. get that on LP? You can get on LP, DVD, and Blu-ray. It's like Kiss Alive 15. Yeah. Very and then cool. uh, rounding out our music goes Kiss Creatures of the Night Remastered. Which everybody should own. You have to own that That's one. very cool. We thank and appreciate everybody that shops through our Amazon link because like we've said a million times, it doesn't cost you anything extra. There's no hidden charges, no hidden fees. Basically what you're doing is you're paying for what you buy, and that's it. Yep. And then Amazon takes their cut and slices off a little bit for us mm -hmm. because we sent you through our link to them. It's yep. a beautiful thing. It's like a finder's fee for rock and roll. That's right. And other stuff. All right, so you've got the next demo to play. Okay. Now, this is one I just wanted to share it because I was a big fan of Typo Negative, the greatest of all goth rock bands, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll take Typo over The Cure any day. Yeah, they were more fun. And every day. <laughs> they were also a band that proved you didn't have to play fast to be heavy because they were heavy, but they slowed everything way down. They were known for their dark, ominous sound with Halloween keyboards and drudging guitars bleeding in reverb. At the height of their popularity, there was nobody like them. Nobody at all. When they released Bloody Kisses in 1993, they became the first ever Roadrunner Records artist to go platinum in sales. This is a demo version of one of their most popular songs and maybe even their biggest breakthrough tune. It doesn't have the boom of the finished product, but I find a lot of charm in this stripped-down version of Black Number One. She's in love with herself She likes the dog On that milk-white neck The devil's mark 
Love the typo negative? I do. I mean, I, I'm not a giant fan, but I I, I can appreciate them. I yeah. like I liked them back in the day when they were around. Yeah. Heck yeah, me too, man. I still miss Peter Steele. That was a band that even though their their like their heyday had passed them by, they mm-hmm. were still coming out with some really good quality albums, almost up to the very end, man. I was yeah. hoping around the time I got the news that he'd passed away, I was like, damn, you know, it's about time for a new typo Dang, negative died album. So damn young. Yeah. Man, way too young. But. uh yeah, I remember when, when Bloody Kisses came out, and uh, I was playing in a band in high school, and we covered Black Number One. I remember, yeah. I remember playing that song. Yeah. See, you don't have to be fast to be heavy. No. You can slow it down, take your time, rock out. But that song was a big deal that back in the day. Yeah. I remember it. I really like that version of it, because mm-hmm. it doesn't have the... the it's the, the final version's really, really awesome, but... But it's very produced. The, it's very produced. Yeah. And the stripped-down version, the mm. the vocal delivery's a little bit different, and it's just yeah. got that certain they simple took off, charm to it. Yeah, they took off 10 of the 20 layers of, of reverb on his vocals. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. yeah and I, t- and I took production. off 10 of the 50 minutes of that song so that yeah. we could keep going they on. Like, they, they like to do the long song thing. But there's always, like I said, you know, through the Decibel Geek link, you can find it on Amazon, all kinds of weird demos and bootlegs out there and of course we hope you get out there and buy the rest of the typo negative discography as well there's a lot of good good stuff there to check out heck yeah okay so when uh dio unfortunately died in 2010 he had a lot of stuff going on that he was working on that basically just went unfinished and uh among them was a sequel to the 2000 concept album magica yes which was a really cool project that he had done um, in 2012, one track from what would be Magica 2 was released as a part of the Very Best of Dio Volume 2 compilation. And that's the song I'm about to play. This is a song called Electra. And then the dark, the dark, the dark.
is badass. It's got a huge epicness to it. It's almost, it reminds me of like some heaven and hell stuff. Like Similar. Tony, Tony Iommi would be awesome yeah. on that, you know? And um, Craig Goldie had revealed uh, that another Magicka 2 track is coming out soon. That's awesome, He man. said there's an unfinished song that the band plans on finishing and releasing. This track will either be part of Magicka as a bonus track or released as a single on its own. It's all just speculation right now. But apparently he had done tracks for Magicka 2 and 3. Really? Yeah. He, so there's There's a of, lot of stuff out there that he worked on. Oh, that makes me feel good that even though he's gone, that we can still enjoy some Dio music that was unfinished at the time of his when yeah. he was alive. But that's, uh, I know that came out on a compilation, but I doubt too many people have heard that. No, so I've never heard that before in my life. That's it, awesome. It bared, uh, being played on this most so, definitely yeah. definitely fits what we're doing cool you know and if we're talking about like rock and roll royalty that we've lost just like dio well to go back to february 19th and 1980 that was a very sad day in the history of rock as it was the day that bon scott died a victim of acute alcohol poisoning on the surface this story it's pretty well known you know bon goes out and parties one night in london passes out in the back seat of a car and chokes on his own puke right yep that's the accepted story. Death pretty, by misadventure. Pretty cut and dry. I never realized until I started doing a little reading on the subject that there's a lot of unanswered questions and conspiracy theories about his death. There's really an, there, there's a really informative article on TeamRock.com that asks the question, what really happened the night Bon Scott died? There's the mysterious character Alistair Kinnear, who owned the tiny Renault 5 and left Bond passed out in it. People also questioned Bond's cause of death because of his high tolerance for booze. He was a professional drinker who was known to put away large quantities of alcohol but never really truly show his buzz. Then there was also the known smack dealer, Joe King, who was Bond's constant companion around the time of his death. He is said to have known about Bond's death much earlier in the day before Kinnear allegedly discovered the body. Kinnear himself would mysteriously disappear shortly after the announcement of Bond's death was made. There's also suspicions that Bond's close friendship with members of UFO led to his experimentation with heroin, leading to a possible overdose. And blog writer Thomas Sheridan even theorizes that Bond was murdered by elements within the recording industry by, by carbon monoxide poisoning because they had big plans for ACDC, but he raced Bond because he was a loose cannon. And Alistair Kinnear is a fictional character in this story who never actually existed. What? There's a lot of crazy I stuff read about up on this, this that stuff. I never knew about. I had no idea. As crazy as the story of his death is, here at Decibel Geek, we celebrate his memory and the contributions he's made to great rock music, and we do it here today with a demo from the ACDC Bonfire box set, and it's called Backseat Confidential.
That song sounds a little familiar. Yeah, because it's an early demo version of what would become Beating Around the Bush on the Highway to Hell album. That's true. I actually prefer this version. I think it's very cool. It is cool. If you'd like to learn more about the strange story surrounding the death of Bon Scott, I'd recommend the books Shock to the System by Mark Putterfield and Highway to Hell, The Life and Death of ACDC legend Bon Scott. Huh. Also, I also, I, I cannot recommend this enough that box set 
the Bon Scott box set that ACDC re- released called Bonfire. It's a must-have for all rock fans, and these books and that box set mm-hmm. is, of course, available at Amazon.com through our link. So check that out. It's a it's crazy, man. I never realized how much speculation was in the death of Bon Scott. I always I didn't either. heard the story. He got drunk one night, passed out. Choked a pretty Yeah, but there's some crazy stuff that goes along with that. And them articles and those books really delve into it. It's it's That's a strange wild. situation. That's wild shit. Okay, so for my last full pick of the show, before we play a little bit of surprise on the way out, uh, I want to play something by White Lion. And uh, this is a song that was originally written during the Pride sessions, but it didn't make the album. And there is a um, rough demo of it from uh, the Pride Sessions online, but it, it's not a complete song, and I wanted to play something complete. And uh, I don't know why this didn't make the album, because it's a cool song. It's a ballady song, but uh, maybe they thought When the Children Cry was enough of a ballad for the record, and they didn't want to go too far with it. But this is a pretty great song, too. This is Say Goodbye. <laughs>
and that song there um, you can find on the Anthology 83 to 89 album. That That's came. very cool, man. I like that. I've never professed to be the greatest White Lion fan, even though I did get to hang out with Mike Tramp in the rainstorm that time. You just did a band mashup, Great White Lion. What did I say? No, well, you just said Greatest White Lion. I just oh, nice. Band <laughs> no, there's no Great White demos. They released everything they ever oh, did. Oh, really? Yeah, well, believe me, I looked. Oh, okay. That was one I was looking for. I was like, are there any Great white demos out there that we could play and there's really not a lot huh well, not, a, not a lot of nothing well that's a pretty cool little that's uh, very cool man. song from i like from that i like yeah. that a lot interesting that it didn't make the pride album maybe should ask michael wagner hey why'd you cut that off the album yeah we'll have to ask him about that someday when we do an album's so unleashed michael wagner's involved in what four out of five of my picks that's pretty funny that shows what kind of show <laughs> we are if Michael Wagner gets mentioned three or four times during an episode, then we are doing our jobs and we're doing it correctly. Yep. All right. So before we get to the last surprise of the night, or of this episode, I guess I should say, mm-hmm. I've got one more for you. And this was one that I thought was very cool. Van Halen. Man, their first big break came in the summer of 1976. After pretty much ruling the Sunset Strip in Hollywood, they caught the attention of again. This one goes back a little further in time, but of record executive mogul Gene Simmons. Oh. <laughs> and he had a great band name suggestion, too. Well, obviously, you know, he'd seen them at Gazzari's. He was instantly impressed with them, and he whisked them into the famous Village Recorders in West Hollywood Village. Yep. That's the same studio that Paul Stanley would use just a few short years later on for his solo album. Mm-hmm. The Demon... He's going to produce a 10-song demo with Van Halen, which would include many songs that would end up on their debut album. In typical Gene Simmons fashion, as we've already learned here once today, he wants to rename the band, which they didn't like. No. Daddy Long Legs. Daddy Long Legs. No. And their logo would be a spider with a top hat on. Why, Gene? Why you got to rename the bands? Why can't you just let it be Angora? Why can't you just leave it be Van Halen? I'm telling you, he's the he's the Vince McMahon of rock and roll. He, he wants really to is. change your name so that he, so can, he can have lay claim to it. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I named the band. Exactly. Yep. Of course. Gene Simmons would take these demos to Casablanca Records, who heard no potential in this band. They, wow. They passed on the prospect of signing them. Bill Coin didn't. He thought he didn't like Dave. Foolish. He said Dave can't sing, so no. So foolish. Well, these bootlegs have been around for years, mostly known as Van Halen Zero Mm -hmm. in trading circles. More recently, somebody released the Complete Zero, which is two discs, 28 songs of demos and unreleased songs from back in the day. This is one of those. This is Van Halen with great advice. Let's get rocking.
pretty awesome stuff, you know. And although Gene Simmons and Van Halen wouldn't find success together, Gene would bring Eddie and Alex back into the studio to help him out with some demos of his own. Mm -hmm. Yeah, including that legendary demo of Christine 16 with Alex on drums and Eddie laying down the guitar, including the guitar solo. Yeah. Have you ever heard that? No one has. Nobody's Eddie ever heard Eddie and Alex that. have it have it locked up. And Gene Simmons apparently well, has Gene got has some a of it copy, too, and but Gene, he can't release it without cannot. their permission. They won't give their blessing. And they don't want it. Nope. They That's... don't want it out there. And 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 Eddie does not like Gene. I mean, I think Eddie gives him a little credit, but um, I heard uh, Nick Simmons was on Dean Del Rey's podcast. Oh, and, right on. And he told a story I'd never heard before, and this would be new to you guys probably too, that... Um, he would run into Eddie Van Halen at things around L.A., you know, because yeah. he ran in the same circles. Rock and roll socialites. Right. And uh, he said that a couple times he's met Eddie. Eddie was real nice to him, but Eddie always goes, well, you tell your dad to fucking quit talking about how he discovered us. Because <laughs> <laughs> Van Halen had actually been at it for quite a while. They had a lot of people that were And it was, so, and it was somebody else that came to yeah. Gene and said, you got to come check out this band. And Gene's well, like, Gene well, was, an excuse to hang out at Gazzari's with all those half-naked right. women? I'm, I'm there. Well, Gene actually was there to check out George Lynch's band, yeah? which was a band called The Boys with B-O-Y-Z. Oh, nice. That was who he was there to actually scout. Oh, and wow. Van Halen was the opening band. And, he had, and he's like, oh, my God. Right. And he completely ignored George Lynch for the rest of the night and kissed up to Eddie the whole time. Wow. And see, and that's the thing. You got to think about it at the time. Like, Gene bringing those guys in to work on his songs. Yeah. And those two as, you know, because Alex and Eddie Van Halen are rock and roll royalty yeah. as we look at it nowadays. But at that time, they were young up-and-comers. And you're thinking... 1976, 1977, Gene Simmons. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, he, he was a big deal. He's at his peak, yeah. man. That's a real big deal. But uh, So uh, when you bring these guys into the studio with you and say, this is what I'm working on, this is what I want you to do, they're like, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Oh, I'm sure they were just happy to get the break. Right. But, I mean, in hindsight, Eddie's kind of like... But then since then, Van would have made it without Gene. Right, I mean, which they totally yeah, did. And they did. You know, they... They got approached by other people, and right. Casablanca was holding them in limbo, and Gene was like, I'll just tear up your contract. And that right. was nice of Gene to do. Totally was. But but Eddie tells Nick every time he's here, he's like, tell your dad to fucking quit talking about us, please. I was the one. <laughs> I discovered so that with, without me, Gene Simmons, right. there would be no Van Halen. Well, and Halen. he gives that impression. So and I, without Van Halen, there would be no 80s hair metal. And so, therefore, well, I am the creator of all. Yeah. I am. He can link Gene everything Simmons. back to him. It all begins and ends with Gene Simmons. In his own mind, it does. We yeah. know that. So this has been fun. This has been fun, man. I love it that we. I like going back to some of the stuff that we've done in the past and yeah. revisiting it because, like this one here, Demolicious, the first one was so much fun, but we got so busy doing and trying different things that it's fun to kind of go back and revisit these once in a while. And I'm glad we did this today. Yeah, and. Uh Volume three in the future, you think? I think so. Yeah. If, if there's anything left, I know there's no great white demos, but there's other stuff out oh, there. Oh, absolutely. Heck yeah, sounds good to me. All right, so are we ready for the surprise? Yeah, what is the surprise? Okay. So, about a couple, it was a couple of years ago now that we interviewed Paul Taylor from Winger. That was cool. He was a gracious <laughs> host, super nice and a guy. Super nice guy, super cool. And um, Winger's actually really, I think, chart wise, their biggest success was a ballad that Paul had wrote called "Miles Away." Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, we, we now won, I remember. It was a big, big power ballad, and uh, won a Grammy for that for that song. So 
you know, it's it, it, you know, it's not everyone's cup of tea as far as power ballads go, or you know, people some people don't like power ballads at all, and it was kind of a sign of the times. But it's a well-written song, and uh, while I mean, he we, won awards for this, he did. And uh, when we were at his house, uh, right before we left, I don't remember how we got. We somehow got on the discuss the subject, and this is after we turned off the recorder and everything. We were walking out, and, right? And we were on the discussion of a little bit about that he played with um, Eric Martin and the Eric Martin band in San Francisco in the 80s before Winger got started. I'm going to learn to keep that recorder rolling the entire time until we're completely right. out the door. They don't have to know. <laughs> but uh, so he, we got to talking about that, and he, it is just one of those, oh, by the way, moments. And right. he goes, oh, yeah, by the way, um, Eric actually sings on the um, original demo from Miles Away. It was b- written before Winger. Right. And I'm like, Eric Martin from Mr. Big is singing on the demo for Miles Away, this song that went on to and massive Winger success. Song, yeah. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, can I hear some of it? And he's like, sure. And he, right. And he played it for us. And it was really cool. And it's a finished track. Um, so last year when we were doing the first one of these, I had gotten clearance from Paul to do to do this, what I'm about to do now, but... I think the week that we put this episode together, I was in such a frantic, crazy, messed state at the time that I didn't do it. I didn't put it in. So I wanted to do it this time. But now we can. So when I had emailed Paul at that time, I was like, hey, we're doing a so- episode based on demos. What do you think about me playing the Miles Away track? Is that cool? And he goes, well, I'm cool with it, but why don't you just play a verse and a chorus? Because, you know, this is something no one's heard before. This right. is something only in his possession. And I'm sure he wants to keep it as a special thing and not sure. have the whole thing so out someday, there all over the Internet. Right. Someday he can release the sure. whole thing in the way he wants it released. And we totally respect that. Totally so do. with his blessing playing us out on this episode today is Paul Taylor's original demo for Miles Away with Eric Martin from Mr. Big singing the vocal. And we'll see you next week. See ya. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 